Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I am one of your hosts today. There's another host that is joining me, Daniel Sun. Sup, guys? Now, real quick, before we start today's episode, I just want to say that if you would like to support the show, then there's a few ways that you could do that. One of the ways is Patreon. Each week, we release a Patreon-exclusive episode that only Patreon supporters can get access to. To sign up, it's only $5 a month, which is only 16 cents a day. Not only do you get an extra episode per week for that $5, but you also get access to our entire back catalog of past Patreon episodes. In total, we have over 97 extra Patreon episodes, which is over 132 extra hours of listening pleasure. So to see this full list of Patreon episodes, just go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click on the Patreon Episodes tab. And then it will populate a long list of episodes right there for you to look at. Also, today we added another Patreon-exclusive episode, which is over the Ukrainian biolabs, in which we discuss what are biolabs and how many there are in the world, what they contain, and then we dive into what we found when researching if biolabs are actually in Ukraine, if they are being run by the United States in secret. So you get access to that episode, as well as all of the others, for just $5. Now, if you can't afford a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes or on Spotify. That helps us out a lot. However, don't feel pressured to leave us one if you don't want to. That's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Satswatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever you are to enjoy the show. And that is the end of the announcements. So today's episode is over black market organ harvesting. So how this episode will go today is that we'll talk about what is the black market, and then we'll talk about organ harvesting, and then we'll talk about the two combined, and then we'll go into strange facts and findings, theories, and of course wrap it all up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode. When families or individuals are tired of spending years on a medical waiting list, they sometimes decide to seek out an alternative route and purchase the organ that they need. Kidneys, eyes, lungs, a heart, any body part or human organ that you can think of is for sale. This is an extremely lucrative business where these human organs are sold illegally on a black market. It sounds like science fiction, but all over the world this is happening. Adults and even children are being kidnapped to have their organs harvested and sold. This is black market organ harvesting. All right, so to better understand all of this, we first need to talk about what a black market is, how they operate, 
and then start discussing the organ aspect of it afterwards. So, Dan, can you start that off for us? Absolutely. So throughout the world, in virtually every country, there exists a black market. But what is a black market and how does it work? Well, a black market is pretty much a marketplace where people buy and sell things without informing their government or following their government's rules. Now, there are multiple reasons why someone may purchase something from the black market. For example, the item or service that the person may be purchasing might be illegal, very difficult, or nearly impossible to get a hold of, or more than likely it is banned in their country. Now, these aren't just specific items. The items sold on the black market could be almost anything. So let's say uh, you purchased some cannabis, the Mary Jane, marijuana. You purchased that from a friend in high school. Well, guess what? You have purchased an item off of the black market. Congratulations. Now, some of the other things that you can find on the black market are endangered animals, tusks of rhinos, gems, jewels, guns, recreational drugs, pharmaceuticals, currencies, and even human body parts. So pretty much, if there is a demand for an item, you best believe that there is a black market for it. All right, so that is what a black market is. Now, let's talk about human organs real quick. So let's say you have something happen to your kidneys and they shut down, or your liver or lungs start failing on you. Well, you could be placed on an organ transplant waiting list. When someone passes away who is an organ donor, their organs are harvested and then sent out to the top of the people on those waiting lists. So in the United States alone, there are 123,000 people on this waiting list just waiting to receive an organ. And if those aren't crazy enough numbers for you, we'll get this. Every 12 minutes, a new name is added to that list. And on average, 21 people die per day due to the lack of organs being available. Now, of those 123,000 people on that waiting list waiting to receive an organ transplant, around 100,000 of them are waiting for a kidney, which makes it the most common organ that is needed. Now, some other organs that are commonly requested are corneas from the eye, liver, lungs, intestines, bone marrow, and hearts. Now, because of this great demand in organs, of course, there is a black market for it. An investigation report in 2006 was released that found that in the United States for 19 years, that's from 1987 to 2006, over 16,800 families had filed lawsuits in various courts stating that their loved one's body parts were illegally sold for an estimated $6 million. So that brings up the question, are there any laws in the United States regarding organ trafficking? Yes. So get this. In 1984, the United States passed the National Organ Transplant Act, which makes it illegal to sell or buy human organs and tissues. Now, the term of human organs means that any human, kidney, liver, heart, lung, pancreas, bone marrow, cornea, eye, bone, and any other human organ, including that derived from a fetus, cannot be purchased or sold. It is 100% illegal in the United States. Now, if that is a law, how are people able to get organ transplants? Well, 
There's a thing called the Uniform Anatomical Gift Act, UAGA, which is a federal act that provides legal authority for organ, eye, and tissue donation. This act pretty much allows individuals to make the legal decision to gift their organs and tissues after death. Once they die, their organs are harvested and then given out to the people on the top of those waiting lists. Now, many of these people that are on this waiting list have the fear that the time it takes on this waiting list, waiting for an organ, that that time it might exceed their lifetime. And as depressing as it may be, they are often correct. There's not enough organs to go out for everybody. So what does this do? This creates a black market for it. Many people may feel desperate enough to start seeking out alternative routes in getting a new organ. So usually, the first thing they do is they seek out what is called transplant tourism. So what transplant tourism is, is where a person in need of an organ but cannot get one in the United States ends up going to a country that is located in the Southeast Asia or the Middle East. For the longest time, Iran, Philippines, and Pakistan allowed for the legal sale of organs. Now get this. In Iran, people can sell their organs to the government who ends up paying them. Now typically for a kidney, the government pays the person around $2,000 to $4,000, and they also get free health insurance. Now because of this, the organ market is thriving in Iran. And guess what? They do not have a waiting list for individuals waiting to receive any organs. So in 2008, the Philippines banned the sale of organs, and then in 2010, Pakistan outlawed it as well. However, it only made the nearby country of Iran become an even more of a thriving place for the commercial trade of human organs, which, as of right now, it is the only place in the world where it is still legal. It is the only place where the government will purchase your organs from you. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. So that's pretty much an explanation of what a black market and what organ harvesting is. Now, as strange as that was, this strangeness doesn't stop. Because now we are going to get into the strange facts and findings regarding black market organ harvesting. So, Dan, do you want to tell us about our first strange fact and finding? All right. So our first strange fact and finding is regarding an individual named Levi Rosenbaum. So in 2009, Levi Rosenbaum was a 58-year-old Israeli native who lived in Brooklyn, New York. In July of that year, he was arrested after an FBI sting operation occurred where he tried to sell three kidneys for a total of $410,000. This started a federal investigation that became the largest corruption sting in New Jersey history. So what this investigation found was that Levi would buy organs from vulnerable people in Israel for as little as $10,000. And then he would turn around and sell them to desperate patients in the United States for more than $100,000 a pop. Now, these transplants would take place at top United States hospitals, including at uh, the Albert Einstein Medical Center in Philadelphia where Levi kind of acted as the facilitator for donor matches for the Israeli patients. Now, the investigation also found out that Levi engaged in this practice for up to a decade, and he ended up making millions off of it. So during the trial, Levi portrayed himself as sort of a Robin Hood character, getting kidneys for Israelis in need. 
The hospital that did the surgeries testified saying that Levi always presented himself as a legitimate facilitator of donor matches for Israeli patients and provided all the correct paperwork for the donor matches. Now, Dan, before we go into this next part, do you want to take a wild guess at how many years in prison do you think this individual got? Uh, has to be over 10 years. I mean, you're <laughs> taking organs from people, selling them illegally. He was sentenced to two and a half years in prison. And guess what? It was the first proven case of organ trafficking in the United States, and he was the first person convicted in federal court of profiting from the illegal sale of human organs. And just a little random knowledge nugget about this case is that in 2014, Levi was released from prison after serving his two and a half years in prison, and he is back just chilling at his house in Brooklyn, New York. For the first crime of something this terrible, he only gets two and a half years. That's not going to make people not want to do that. <laughs> well, here's the crazy thing is that during the trial, he had a lot of people outside of the courtroom cheering him on. They were looking at him as if he was like a hero. I mean, they might be the families of the people that he did help, though. Yeah, that's true. Some people don't care where the products come from as long as they get it. Yeah, but here's the thing. You're taking advantage of another individual that is desperate. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a tough situation, you know. It is. All right. So tell us about this next strange fact in Finding Dan. Our next strange fact in Finding is a little more gruesome. Now, I know some of you freaks out there are wondering, do people get straight up murdered for their organs? Well, yes. Yes, they do. For example, every year there are numerous deaths in which police find the victims dead with certain organs removed. Now, I know what you're thinking. This can't be true. Well, we did come across quite a few cases in which we're going to go over right now. Our first case that we're going to talk about occurred in 2012. An individual named Vance Anderson, who was a 51-year-old painter from Philadelphia, he ended up passing away at the Thomas Jefferson University Hospital in Philadelphia due to complications from a lung condition. Now, by the time his mother was able to claim his body for burial, his eyes, heart, brain, and pancreas had been removed. Of course, his mom was like, yo, where the hell is my son's organs at? And she started to throw a big fit, which, I mean, if I was in her position, I would do the exact same thing. The hospital told her that his organs were, and I quote, donated for education. However, this occurred without the family's consent. Nobody gave the hospital consent to harvest his organs. They just did it anyway. Now, I really wouldn't say that he was murdered for his organs, but he got them taken from him. Yeah. Which, meh, it's not as blatant as the other ones that we're going to go over. Which tells about this next one, Dan. All right. Our next case was in 2013. An individual named Kendrick Johnson, who was a 17-year-old student in Georgia, was found dead inside of a mat at his school. After the police looked into the death and the coroner did the autopsy, his death was ruled an accident. Shortly after that, his parents demanded an independent investigation and a second autopsy. So, get this. During the second autopsy, it was revealed that Kendrick's internal organs, brain, lungs, and liver were missing. 
Now guess what was in the empty spaces of all his missing organs? Newspapers. I read that and I honestly couldn't believe it. Imagine doing the second autopsy, cutting him open and he's stuffed with newspaper. That's a sick individual to do that. Yeah. It makes me think that maybe the first person who did the first autopsy might be running a ring of where he sells the person's organs. little suspicious. And another thing, how does someone die inside of a mat? How does that happen? That sounds like uh, someone killed him and put him inside of a mat. Yeah. All right, so let's go on to our next case, which happened in 2014. So an individual named Ryan Singleton, who was a 24-year-old from Georgia, ended up going to California in pursuit of becoming an actor. However, his body was randomly discovered in Death Valley with multiple organs removed. His eyes, heart, lung, liver, and kidneys were missing. However, the rest of his body remained intact. Now, the police did an investigation, and uh, after their investigation, they told the family that he died by accident and his organs were probably eaten by wild animals. Right. As you go on, it just gets worse. So tell us about this next one, Dan. All right. Our last case was in 2015. An individual named Nicholas Rodriguez, who was a 24-year-old inmate in California State Prison. One day in 2015, there was a 15-hour prison riot. After it, Nicholas was missing. Eventually, the officers found Nicholas's body inside of a garbage can that was located in the shower which was next to his cell. Nicholas's body was almost cut in half and his abdominal and chest organs were removed. There was no explanation as to what happened to his organs. And that happened inside of a prison. Um, what happened to his organs is a good question. Did they just stick them down into the sink? Did they blend them together and make a smoothie? I don't know. Sounds like that, uh, that show on Netflix that everyone was raving about a while back. Squid Game. Does, uh, does kind of sound similar to that. Not to spoil it. All right. Um, so we have quite a few more stories about human trafficking and just crazy stuff that has happened. However, before we go over those next few stories, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Do not go anywhere. Welcome back. So, Dan, do you want to start it off for us and tell us about our next strange fact and finding? All right. So our next strange fact and finding is about human trafficking. So many people have traditionally associated human trafficking only with sexual exploitation via forced prostitution or forced labor. However, over the past 20 years or so, it seems that human trafficking is now being done for individuals to get certain organs. So we have a few examples of this that we had come across that we wanted to talk about. So the first example we're going to talk about occurred in 2004. Now, during this time, there were some nuns of the Brazilian Mission Servants of Mary that were in Mozambique, Africa, and they ended up reporting something very strange to the officials there. The nuns stated that they had uncovered a large organ trafficking ring that was operating in that area. The nuns claimed that they had spoken to victims who had escaped the ring and that they showed them evidence of murdered children with missing organs. The nuns said that in addition to selling organs for transplants, the traffickers sold the children's reproductive organs for use as magical charms. Man, what kind of oh, God. what kind of messed up people do that? Magical charms? Hey, I got a dick of a little kid. It's a magical charm. That's just uh That is the same type of people that are after the adrenochrome. People you find on Epstein Island. 
Yeah, Epstein Island, absolutely. Soon after the nuns made their claims public, one of the nuns, Sister Edinger, was found beaten and strangled to death in her home. The other nuns reported that their families had started receiving death threats, even making one of the nuns flee the country. So because of this, an investigation was launched. But guess what? The police said that they had found no evidence of such a ring. Well, do you know what the nuns said? They said that the government of Africa was covering it up. They went straight after the government. They're like, hell no, they're covering it up. Ooh. So in 2016, the nuns launched an appeal and said, hey, we want another investigation. However, no actions were taken. And uh, yeah, that's our first story about human trafficking and organ harvesting. Now, our next example is from a former prosecutor named Carla Del Ponte. So Carla wrote an autobiography in 2009, and in it, she made some remarkable claims. Carla claimed at the end of the Kosovo War, between June of 1999 to May of 2000, that dozens of Serbian prisoners were taken captive by the Kosovo Liberation Army and taken to a farmhouse, dubbed the Yellow House, to have their organs trafficked. Following these claims, three separate investigations were launched, and the EU ultimately concluded that it had compelling evidence that at least 10 people had their organs trafficked from this location, but that the activity was not as widespread as some had reported. Much of the evidence surrounding the claims has been destroyed, and top Kosovo government officials deny the accusations. So far, nobody has been prosecuted for the crimes at all. So moving forward to our last story about human trafficking in organs occurred in 2003. So in January of that year, undercover police in Italy were working to gather information on drug trafficking when they received an incredibly disturbing offer. As the undercover police were speaking with three Ukrainian women, one of whom was a pregnant prostitute, a.k.a. sex worker, asked if they were interested in acquiring her five-month parcel. The pregnant sex worker then told them that the undercover officers couldn't simply buy the unborn child, but they had to bid on it, and the initial starting bid was 50,000 euros. So after a few weeks passed, the police went to the location where the bidding was taking place for that baby, and the police were pretty surprised when a lot of people showed up. According to the police, several individuals came and tried to bid on the child to get it, just to simply harvest its organs, particularly the heart and liver. Like the police were walking around and talking to the other bidders, and they were like, oh yeah, I just want the baby for its organs, particularly its heart and its liver. That's all I'm going to buy it for. They were going to kill it and harvest its organs. And the sad part about this is, is that these people were representatives of families who had babies or young ones who needed a heart or a liver or some other type of organ but they couldn't get it. And the only way they could get it is purchasing a baby from this sex worker and harvesting its organs and giving it to their healthy baby. Well, not healthy, but baby that needed an organ transplant, which is kind of messed up. Yeah. So anyways, everybody started bidding on this baby and the price of the bid went all the way up to 350,000 euros in which the police ended up placing that winning bid. Like, they placed the 350,000 euro bid, and they won the baby. Now, this entire time, nobody knew that they were the police, right? They were just undercover, okay? The baby was then born on May 9th and then handed to the undercover officers, at which point the women were arrested. 
The other bidders were then investigated as well, and then the police released a statement about the investigation and stated that they believe the women had possibly sold other children the same way in the past. That's sickening. Yeah, very sickening. And it doesn't stop there, because we have a lot more stories about this type of stuff. Just to give you an example, that yes, this is going on around the world, and you need to be aware. However, before we go to these next stories, we're going to take our last break. Don't go anywhere, it'll be real quick. All right, welcome back. So now we're going to get into our next strange fact and finding, which is over an individual named Sanjita Kashap. Now, her story and the experience that she ended up going through, it ended up blowing the lid off of a massive organ harvesting operation. All right, so let's tell you that story. So it was early 2019, and 33-year-old Sangeeta was living in a small town in India. Now, around that same time, Sangeeta was wanting to make a move and kind of like make something more of her life. Well, guess what? That dream ended up coming true. Well, temporarily. So she was randomly offered a great job in Delhi, and she was really excited about it because she had never gone anywhere outside of the small town that she had been living in. So the job that Sangeeta was offered was from her husband's friend. He had promised Sangeeta around 40 lakh Indian rupees, which is 4 million Indian rupees, and equivalent to about $52,000. Now, Sangeeta and her husband thought this was a great, because finally they could purchase their dream home. They were also able to finally afford a good education for their children, so when Sangeeta and her husband traveled to Delhi and was provided a guest house, they started to prepare for her good job that was promised to her. The next day, she was taken to a small clinic where the doctors there ran a series of tests on her. Sangeeta then questioned her husband's friends as to, hey, you know, I'm just here for a job. You don't need to get all these doctors. Why are they running all these tests on me? In which her husband's friends stated that, hey, it's important. You know, your new employer wanted to check and make sure that you could submit a medical clearance certificate before, you know, we employ you as either a maid or a cook. So Sangeeta was like, okay, that's reasonable. Her friend then took her Adhar card, which is equivalent to a social security card. And then he told her that she needed to assume a Muslim name and identity. Sangeeta was like, wait, what? And then she was just like, hell no. And that is when she started to expect something was wrong. She ended up going back to the guest house and was told to calm down. Later that week, at the request of her husband's friend, she went back to the hospital again. Now, while there at the hospital, she overheard some men talking about her, and they were saying that she was going to be a kidney donor. So after hearing this, Sangeeta pretty much panicked and started to cause a scene, which I don't blame her. I would have done the same thing, Sangeeta. So she started running around and yelling at everyone and saying, hey, I want to go back home. And they were like, oh, yo, calm down. And they said, yeah, we'll send you back home, which they did. Now, initially, Sankita was thinking, hell yes, that nightmare is over with. Don't have to worry about it no more. But she was wrong. Her husband's friend came back to the small town and again tried to convince her to sell her kidney. He even told her, and I quote, I've been living a good life after mine. So Sankita told him to, hey, piss off. I don't want to sell my kidney. I want to keep it. But this time, her husband's friend didn't back down. And it sounds like her husband friend isn't really a friend. No, not at all. Because he brought his gang of thugs with him, and they started threatening her, 
and they even assaulted her. They told Sangeeta that they were demanding that she paid them 50,000 rupees as part of the travel and medical expenses. But Sangeeta didn't have that amount of money just kind of like laying around. She was like, oh, sorry. Sangeeta was pretty much scared and broke, decided to head to the nearest police station where the senior officer told her to write a complaint. The first information report was registered on February 1st of 2019 against six persons in the Bara police station. So this report of Sangeeta's brought forward the massive illegal organ trade in Delhi, India, where dozens of leading private surgeons are now under watch. The people involved in this were police personnel, doctors, hospital administration staff, medical support staff catering to patients with end-stage kidney and liver failure. Like, there was this gigantic octopus tentacle ring going on where everybody had a hand in it. And as of July of 2019, 15 people, including the CEO of the Pushpati Sangahia Research Institute, which his name is Deepak Shloka, he ended up being arrested and notices have been served to two doctors at the Fortis Hospital in Delhi, India, for violation of the Transportation of Human Organs Act of 1994. So some justice was brought forward in this case. That's crazy. Police personnel, doctors. The... Everybody is involved in it. Yeah, everybody. Even the staff that was catering to patients with like kidney and liver failure, they would go and say, hey, I got some patients that need kidneys. You know, let, let's do this. Let's find them a kidney and talk to them and say, hey, how much can you afford? Yep. It's like, what do you mean how much I can afford? I'm at a hospital, damn it. But she's like, hey, I got a kidney in the back. I can sell you for cheap. Reminds me of the time I went to, uh, what was it Foot Locker? About a couple of years ago. This guy was like, hey, I got some extra shoes in the back. I'll sell you two for 40. I'm like, wait, two pairs for 40 bucks? And he was like, yeah. I, like, I don't give a shit what they look like. Give them to me. <laughs> They're actually pretty nice. Nice. All right, so let's go on to this next strange fact and finding, Dan. All right, so this next strange fact and finding is over the Mohan Foundation in India. This foundation was founded in 1997 and is a non-profit, non-governmental organization designed to promote organ donation in Chennai, India, by philanthropists and medical professionals. The mission of this foundation is to ensure that every Indian who is suffering from end-stage organ failure be provided with, in quotation, gift of life, through a life-saving organ transplant. Now, this foundation has seven objectives to accomplish this mission. Now, these seven objectives are, number one, to create public awareness across a cross-section of the population. Number two, to train healthcare professionals in transplant coordination. Number three, to counsel families of brain-dead victims to donate their loved one's organs. Number four, Create a computerized network for logistic support for organ donation in hospitals and the utilization of organs. Number five, the government to pass favorable legislation that will help increase organ donations in India. Number six, networking with other organ procuring organizations in the country. And then number seven, raising resources to promote organ donation efficiently. Just a couple of those just sound really suspicious if you ask me. So pretty much they're teaching individuals in the hospital settings to learn how to manipulate people into giving up organs of loved ones that are brain dead. Huh. I guess it's not a bad thing, but it's not a it's not great either. I mean, you're tiptoeing that line of being like, eh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then 
like number six, I didn't really like too much. It's networking with other, like literally just says other organ procuring organizations. Yeah. You ask them, Hey, who's the other? Like, Oh, Hey, we got this guy. His name's Deepak. He rides a scooter around with a freaking igloo cooler on the back. He always has kidneys in there for some reason. So we work with him. I mean, if you watch some of the documentaries out there, they'll actually interview people that do go around asking people. They'll like find someone like on the side of the road and they'll be like, hey, how's it, how's it going? And they'll be like, yeah, it's going good. And everything all right? You doing good? You healthy? Just like start asking questions like that. Then they're just like, you need money? I got a, got a deal for you. Then they're like, yeah, sell your kidney. Oh, my God. All right. So let's move forward to our next strange fact and finding, which is about the website Craigslist. Ooh. Now, I'm pretty sure everyone is familiar with Craigslist. Dan, you've purchased multiple things from Craigslist, right? I have, actually. Yeah. So if you don't know what Craigslist is and you've been living under a rock, okay, it's pretty much a website where you can go and purchase things and sell things, okay? Well, it's kind of online. You post your item up and then you get the information of the person or they contact you and then you meet up in real life and exchange that item. That's Craigslist. All right. So a few years back, an NBC Chicago investigative reporter found that people were actually advertising their kidneys for sale on Craigslist. Damn. Man. So this investigation revealed that hundreds of people in Illinois were willing to sell their kidney for only a few thousand dollars. After looking into this even more, the investigation discovered a man in Chicago who stated that he was offered $30,000 for his kidney and received several emails about it. This in turn caused some officials to go undercover, posing as a person willing to sell a kidney. What they received was hundreds of emails from so-called organ brokers and even emails from doctors who were willing to perform the transplant for a fee. It's mind-blowing, right? So many corrupt doctors out there. There is. Hey, where'd you get your kidney from? Oh, I got it from Craigslist. See, I thought they had to do, like, tests to make sure, like, your blood match and all that stuff. It was, like, compatible. I guess they post all that when they post their kidney up for sale. Hey, this is my blood type and everything. Oh. See if you match. Hmm. wonder if there's any ads now. Let's look. Craigslist.org. Okay, let's see. Kidney. Kidney-shaped glass only coffee table. Grass-fed beef and lamb kidneys. Ew. That's like that uh, TikToker who only eats raw. Oh, yeah. I don't see any kidneys for sale, Dan. I think we should out of luck. No, I put in organs and I got pianos and other stuff. Guess we're not finding no kidneys today. All right, so let's move on to our next strange fact and finding, which is about a kid who sold his kidney. So get this. In April of 2011, a man named He Wei was trying to get enough money to cover his gambling debts. So he started to look into the illegal kidney trade and decided to become an organ broker, which is pretty much where he finds people who wants to sell their kidneys and match them with people who need a kidney. And he would make a percentage of that cost. You know, say the person who needs a kidney will say, hey, I'll pay $100,000 for one, right? And then the organ broker, he would get a portion of that. So this He Wei fellow, he started recruiting others to help him look for people who would be willing to be donors of kidneys. And he had a very unique way of looking for individuals. Oh, yeah. He Wei started to go into internet chat rooms and tried to find the right person. 
Eventually, Hee-Wei started talking to a 17-year-old high school student, which authorities only released his name as Wang. Well, Hee-Wei was able to get in contact with Wang, who was located there in China, and told him that if he sold one of his kidneys, that he would get 22,000 won, which, side note, 22,000 won is around $3,455. So Wang was like, ah, I can finally buy the iPhone and iPad that I've always wanted. So shortly after Wang agreed, Hiwei started to get the things in place for this surgery. So a few weeks later, a hospital in a province in China where a surgeon named Song Zeyong ended up carrying out the removal of Wang's kidney and then transplanted it into the recipient. Afterwards, Wang left the hospital and went to the Apple store where he purchased his new iPad and iPhone. <laughs> Jesus, he really wanted one, huh? Yeah. Later that evening when Wang got home, his mother asked him where he had got the money for the Apple products. She said that he had sold his kidney. I wonder what her reaction was. She probably beat the shit out of him. Yeah, it, it gets sad too, by the way. Now, only a short time later, Wang ended up going into renal failure, aka kidney failure, which now he only has one kidney, so he's kind of screwed on that, and he's going to have to be on dialysis for the rest of his life. So a few months later, in June of 2011, Chinese authorities ended up arresting and charging two nurses, a surgical assistant, an anesthesiologist, the doctor, He Wei, and two others in connection with helping the teenager sell his kidney. And they were all held criminally liable for intentional injury. Hell yeah, he was only 17. Yeah. Sell it for Apple products? I mean, come on now. I mean, the guy found, the, found Wang's weakness and he went after it. Hey, you want to be like the cool kids? Want to have an iPhone and iPad like everybody else? Sell your kidney. Yeah. All right, so our last strange fact and finding is about China. So, of course, after we heard this story, we ended up looking into China. And it is a giant hub for organ trafficking, probably the biggest in the world. So, Dan, tell us about China. All right. So, in 2019, an international tribunal held in London made claims that the organs of members of marginalized groups detained in Chinese prison camps are being forcefully harvested, sometimes when patients are still alive. It was also stated that some of the more than 1.5 million detainees in Chinese prison camps are being killed for their organs to serve a booming transplant trade that is worth some billion dollars a year. Now, this organ harvesting of prisoners is not anything new to China because when asked about it, they openly admit that they do this. So in 1984, the Chinese government actually approved a regulation to allow them to remove the organs of executed criminals, which in turn, China would then take those organs and would give them to the people on the organ transplant list and that made China one of the largest organ transplant programs in the world. Then, in 2014, China stated that they would phase out of the practice of taking organs from executed prisoners and said it would rely instead on a national organ donation system. However, according to this tribunal, this is still occurring. Now, we do have a short minute and a half video that explains this even better, which we're going to take a listen to right now. 
For over three decades, the People's Republic of China has been accused of harvesting the organs of its own citizens by force. The victims are killed in the process, and their organs are used in transplant operations. This organ trafficking is a human rights abuse that affects all of us. But what is forced organ harvesting in China? How does it differ from transplant systems in other countries? And what evidence is there that it's taking place? Most countries have a voluntary donation system. Recipients wait for an organ to become available, sometimes for three or four years. When a donor dies, the best matched person on the waiting list is rushed to the hospital to receive their transplant. China has a very different system with reverse matching. Recipients pay for an organ to be made available. A prisoner who is the best match for the paying recipient is chosen from a large pool of detainees. The prisoner is then killed and their organs extracted for transplantation. Transplants for organs such as hearts, livers, and kidneys are scheduled in advance and performed in a matter of weeks. It is not possible for an ethical organ donation system to provide transplants on demand. I didn't know that they did that. I just thought when the prisoners were going to be executed, that, uh, you know, that's when they would harvest the organs. I didn't know people would pay, and then they'd go and look at their stockpile of people that is in prison and say, hey, give me old Johnny over here who's in here for the next 30 years. Let's go harvest his heart. Yeah, it's insane. It's like, all right, we need someone that has, you know, A, positive blood. Which, which one do we have? This guy? How long is he in here for? All right, execute him, take his organs. It's crazy. Honestly, it wasn't even just with the uh, prisoners either. I think they have like a camp there that helps Turkish refugees or something. They actually use them as well. Yeah, because certain religions are banned in China. I think all religion is banned in China. Let me look. Is all religion banned in China? The state recognizes Buddhism, Catholicism, Taoism, Islam. The practice of any other faith is formally prohibited. Man. China's pretty savage. Yeah, they are. All right, uh, so that's the end of Strange Facts and Findings. Now we're going to move to theories. All right, so the first theory that we have is a pretty basic upfront one, that all this organ harvesting is pretty much all about money. The organ harvesting industry, like we stated, it makes over a billion dollars a year, and they get people to donate by waving an amount of money in front of them, pay them only a part of it, and then recruit them to do the same to make up for the money that they didn't receive. It's kind of like a pyramid scheme, right? You donate your kidney, you don't make that much, you go find somebody else, you become an organ broker yourself. It's all about money, which I can kind of see that, right? Because that's what it all points to, money. But that's not the only theory, because there is multiple others, like this next one. Dan, tell us this one. Our next theory that we have is that their main focus isn't the organs themselves, but the organ harvesting is just a side hustle, as they are mostly focused on controlling the population. Like in China, they have organs on demand. You call them up, and if you have the funds, they have the organ for you, whenever you need it. So they have bodies ready to be harvested and disposed of with no remorse. So like all the prisoners, the camps they have over there, they're willing just to kill them and take the organs to provide to someone else. So maybe that's their way of controlling the population in China. They do have that one baby law or something like that where you can only have one child. Is that really a law? I think that is. Hold on. One baby law in China. 
The one-child policy, uh, it was a program in China that limited most Chinese families to one child, and it was implemented nationwide by the Chinese government in 1980, but it ended in 2016. Mm. So I guess it's, it's done with. Never mind. So they need another way to, like you said, control the population. They, they stopped uh, controlling people f***ing. <laughs> I mean, they stopped controlling people f***ing. Now they're just f***ing people over. Yeah, yeah, they are. And they're just harvesting their organs as a way to uh, control the population. Now, what do they do with those organs? They give them to the highest bidder. Or they give them to the elites. Or maybe they give them to the elites for them to consume because they're reptilians and they need to have some type of organs to eat. Or maybe this goes along with our next theory that the people that's performing the organ removal, it's actually just someone getting off on mutilating people. It's sort of like a fetish for them. They hire someone to sell the organs just for cash on the side to support their fetish of mutilation and possibly to contain their urges of murdering someone. So instead, they uh, do organ transplants, which as many fetishes as there is, I can see this one being plausible because there's a lot of sick individuals out there, you know? There are. I mean, you think some of those doctors, they're the ones calling up people like, hey, you going to sell your kidney to us? I'll do the operation myself. I'll, I'll cut you open. I'll take it out. They're wanting to do it. Maybe it's a fetish. I don't know. Or maybe uh, school costs is too high and they're trying to pay off their school loans. So they're taking as many side gigs as they can. True. Their new Mercedes or whatever they're driving costs too much. They need to pay it off. Yeah. Mm. Well, you got any other theories you want to throw into this ring of human trafficking and organ harvesting and the black market? Cannibals. Cannibals. Okay. You think that maybe there's a group of individuals or like a, a, a secret society, sort of like the Freemasons, but it's, a, it's an elite secret society, maybe under the doctors or maybe other people, and uh, they're cannibals and they need to get organs to eat. Yeah, because uh, I remember, I think it was like a CSI or some, it was some uh, show like that to where a lady was actually killing people or buying you know, body parts, and that's what she would eat. It would to help her maintain her young appearance and health better. Maybe there's cannibals out there that are, you know, providing for these people organ harvesting, paying them so that they could get, you know, organs to eat to stay healthy, stay young, like adrenochrome, but actually just eating the body parts. I can see that. It reminds me of uh, General Butt Naked. Have you heard of him? No. So General Butt Naked during the first Liberian Civil War, he was a general. And the reason they called him General Butt-Naked is because his entire army would get butt-ass naked and run towards the people that they were fighting, which people were like, whoa, he's crazy. And that's what he became known as, General Butt-Naked. So there was a documentary done on him, and he was held liable for war crimes because it's what he would do before these big wars would take place. He would get all of his men, and his men included children, I'm talking like six, five, seven, eight-year-old kids holding AKs. He would hop them up on drugs, and then he would go to villages, and he would say, give me a child to be sacrificed. So the elders of that village would go find a random boy or girl who was under the age of four. They would then take that child to him, that general butt-naked, he would get his men to line up, and he would take a knife while the kid was still alive, cut their back open, reach in, and pull out their heart as it's still beating, 
chop it up into little pieces and have his men come down on the line and he would give them a small piece of the kid's heart and they would eat it. And he said it would provide their army with immortality and bring them great health and energy to prepare them for the battle that was coming up. And he did this to numerous children throughout villages. And he was actually brought to a trial in Africa for this. And guess what? Don't tell me they let him go. He claimed he was a born-again Christian, and they let him go. Oh, my God. And I'm not joking. And you can go on YouTube, and you can find that documentary that I watched. It's called, like, General Butt Naked. And it's pretty good. It's like an hour long. But he's still over there in Africa walking around, and he committed all those war crimes. It's crazy. You remember our Dark Web episode? Yep. Where the guy, pay, uh, I guess, paid someone to eat him? Oh, my God, yes. Well, I was just searching that up real quick to make sure I was remembering correctly. I found an article from September 18, 2020. Dark Web Cannibal Planning to Eat Teenage Girl Met Undercover Cop Instead. So, a man who said he wanted to try necrophilia and cannibalism thought he was meeting a Florida man and his 13-year-old daughter in Texas. So, 23-year-old Alexander Nathan Barter, in possession of a knife, trash bag, encountered an undercover officer at the designated meeting spot which I guess the Florida man was selling this guy, his 13-year-old daughter, to pretty much be raped and then killed and then eaten. Jesus, there's some sick individuals out there, you know? That's terrible. This is a really dark episode, and I'm sorry for anyone that was triggered during it. But if you or a loved one have had their organs trafficked, send us an email at Aaron at theoriesofthethirdkind.com or Dan at theoriesofthethirdkind.com. If you only have one kidney because you woke up with the other one missing, let us know. We'd love to hear about it. You woke up in a bathtub full of ice. Yep. All right. I guess we're going to transition into personal thoughts and theories, which we've kind of already been in for a little while now. I was thinking about how do they fix this, right? How do they fix the waiting lists? How do they fix people getting trafficked for this? Because as long as you have a demand for it, there's going to be people getting trafficked. There's going to be an illegal black market for it. The only way to fix this is to get rid of the demand. And how you get rid of that demand ethically without, you know, murdering prisoners, because let's say, what if one of those prisoners was innocent? There's always the chance, right? The only way to fix this is that they need to figure out how to efficiently grow organs. That is the only way to fix it. Hmm. If they can grow a heart or a lungs, there could be like a facility, just kind of like how you grow plants, but you grow organs. I think that'd be great. Isn't it the liver that's the only one that can regrow itself? Uh, I don't know. I've heard something like that, but I don't know if it's the only one. Hmm. I know I think they're trying this process. I remember uh, reading an article that they were actually able to grow the heart tissue, like the tissue inside of the heart. They were actually to grow some of that hmm. from like a sample they had. Okay. So they're making those moves in the medical field already. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good thing. I mean, you do got the prosthetic ones, you know, the mechanical heart, all the other parts they have in there. Yeah. Well, this was a great episode today. A little bit morbid, a little bit dark, but it needs to be known. You know, you need to get this information out to people. They need to know about it. You know what I mean? Honestly, this shit's just terrible. It is. So do you have anything you want to add before we go into our on the scene this week? I like to keep both my kidneys. So if I ever do a convention... Do not take them. I'm going to set it up to where if we do go to a convention, I'm going to have you fake kidnapped by women. I don't know where I was going with that. 
Anyway, uh, so that's the end of the episode today. I hope everyone enjoyed it. We're going to transition now into our On the Scene. Now, if you're unfamiliar with what On the Scene is, it is where an individual, now it could be anybody, it could be a listener, it could be anyone from around the world, goes and interviews anybody. could be somebody random on the street, could be a family member, could be anyone, and asks them certain questions about conspiracies or things that are happening in the world today or just get their general beliefs about Bigfoot or aliens or anything mystical or scary or anything like that, okay? Now, anybody can do this. Yes, including you, the person listening to this right now. All you have to do is you can use your phone, you can click record, record a maximum of two minutes of audio, and then submit that to us via email, either to Aaron at theories of the third kind.com, or you can send it to Dan at theories of the third kind.com. And we will put it in queue to play because at the end of our episodes each week, we play one on the scene, and uh, you could submit yours, and we will put it in line to be played. All right, so this week's on the scene is finally, after weeks of waiting on the list, just like the organ waiting list, except this is the on-the-scene list. My own on-the-scene made its way to the top. Nice. All right, now, a few weeks ago, I ended up going down to Texas and visiting some family members, and in this on-the-scene, the audio quality isn't that great because I had to use my phone, and I had to set it far away to where the person I was interviewing couldn't see that I was recording them, okay? So you pulled a sneaky. Oh, I did. All right, so we're going to play that right now. So what did you say? If I had what? Blue eyes. You're a reptilian. I'm a reptilian if I have blue eyes? Where'd you hear that at? at it was at a school book. They're teaching you that in school? No, it was from mom. Mom brought a book about that. It was oh. in the library. Oh, in the library. Okay. And you learned about reptilians in the library. What are they, like people? No, they're like reptilian, like animals, reptilian animals. Oh, but am I a reptilian then? Since I, but you have blue eyes, so you're a reptilian? What if they are humans, but they're tri- time-traveled? Time-traveled? Yeah, into like a different universe. Well, if they... Hold on, what if they actually are humans, but they went on like Mars and that turns you to an alien? Oh, Mars, yeah. the planet turns you into an alien? So why would Mars turn you into an alien? What do you think? They got like a disease or something there? And that's what happened to all the previous species that was living there? Yeah. Dang. You're looking like a million bucks. You're looking like Ted DiBiase. Make me look like Richie Rich. Richie Rich? No, I'm going to make you look like Ted DiBiase. He has way more money than Richie Rich. How much? One million? <sighs> Try like one trillion. Dad, have you... When he slammed Daddy, Hulk Hogan I... off the top of the ropes. <gasps> Boom, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, you got any other theories before we head out? No. Well, all right. I like it. So what do you think of that? That was good. So going on to Mars is what creates aliens. Yeah. Hmm. That there's something on Mars, like a virus or a bacteria, that turns humans into aliens. See, now you got me scared just because of our Patreon episode, them bringing samples back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, what a coincidence, huh? Crazy. So yeah, that was a great on the scene this week. Um, Like I said, if you have an on the scene, make sure you submit it and it will be put in queue to play. Yeah. And if you have blue eyes, you may be a reptilian. Yeah, but an animal reptilian, okay? But pretending to be human. 
Okay, so now we're going to go on to shout-outs. Dan, do you want to start it off for us and give us some uh, Facebook shout-outs? All right. So it starts off with James W., Thurlow N., Robert C., Sammy M., Eric G., then a shout-out shout for Steak Knife Jones, which he has a message for you, Aaron. His message is, he's here to rattle your bones with his member. He said a different word, but. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but thank you for that. Could be, could be a good thing for you. I don't know. Eh, not into that, but okay. I mean, <laughs> if you are, more power to you, you know? Next up, Stephanie M, Ian C, Brady B, uh, Chase P, Paul W, Dominic S, Chris Wilson, Lay M, then uh, a couple from Instagram, Yasser, then Taylor H, and then a uh, happy birthday to John Pike. It is his birthday actually today. So happy birthday to him. And shout out to Mama Ninja. That's right, Danielson's mom. Today is her birthday as well. Happy birthday to Mama Ninja. Nice. Happy birthday. Love you. Proud of you. And that's the end of my shout outs. All right. Okay, so I've got a few shout outs this week. I want to shout out Sabino Rangel. He is a day one supporter and his birthday is on May 16th. So it's about well, a little less than two months early. But happy, extremely early birthday for you. Um, I got an email from Javi, so shout out to him. And he, uh, he told me about his two shadow people stories that happened to him. Very interesting stuff. I love it. I love that type of thing. Keep sending them. Shout out to ZB16JT on Instagram. Tyler Jackson. Uh, shout out to Curtis B. from Guitar Center. Uh, shout out to ACC. Shout out. Hold on, pulling it up. Pulling it up. Pulling it up now. Shout out to the Guinea Shits. Yeah, it's the actual name, Guinea Shits. I like that. Shout out to Nick Lee, James Coley, uh, Morgan, Donnie Fleming, uh, Jay Gariga, Brian A., Michael C. Shout out to Jess, Cameron Keloli, Jim Y., Wayne Fisher, Shanna Stasasia, Rigo Calamandare, Blank Jake, Alyssa Williams Tunstall, Danny Puente, Campos Hanatorio, Kenny Daniels, EJ, Mr. Hate Ya, and then I have a few more shout outs on my personal Instagram. Shout out to Elizabeth E, Ash, the Raven of Light, Justin M, uh, Aaron Kuzamaka, Brent Mayfield, Matia Edi, Alejandro Alvarez, Forty Waddles, Tyler Soloyo, Chance, and Rodrigo Horrores. And nice. that is the end of my shoutouts for this week. If I missed you, I'm sorry. I will get you next week. Okay. Likewise. All right. So now we're going to move on to free talk. So how was your weekend, Dan? Was it good? Weekend was pretty all right. I was supposed to go to GalaxyCon, but decided not to. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, my weekend was a little crazy. Had some unexpected stuff come up. Had to fly down to Texas in a hurry. And uh, yeah, things have been pretty hectic. If I sound different, it's because I'm using a different microphone. Because when I came down to Texas, I didn't have any of my recording stuff. So I had to go and purchase some temporary equipment. And uh, I'm not using my typical mic and my typical setup. So if it sounds different, that's why. Um, But yeah, besides that, I mean, everything's going okay. I fly back to Boston like sometime this week and then um, packing stuff up and then finally going to make the drive back to Texas. So it's going to be a busy weekend. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a busy weekend. And your weekend is coming up this weekend or your weekend. Your birthday is coming up this weekend. Oh, yeah. And everybody, if you're listening to this, I want you all Saturday morning to text Dan or hit him up on Instagram or whatever on Twitter because we all have Twitters now. I was forced to make one, okay? Uh, yeah. Go there, go there and wish him a happy birthday. He's turning 86 years old. That's right. I've had so much adrenochrome that I look young for my age. Yeah, he does. So do you have anything else you want to say or announce or anything like that before we roll this episode out? Uh, I think that's it. All right. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. And again, thank you for your support. You are amazing, every single one of you. So with that being said, Dan, you want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you are not alone. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.